Hey everyone, just a very quick um, but very important pre-roll today. You've may noticed that um, there haven't been any new episodes during the last couple of days actually and, and that was for a specific reason. Um, we, we've taken some time to internally discuss how we want to um, proceed with the ID1 audio experience and um, no worries, good news first. Um, we definitely will proceed with the ID1 audio experience. However, we decided to um, slightly change the direction of this podcast. We will move away from very specific niche topics like very specific KPI, very specific um, fuel-related um, aviation topics and try to discuss more, let's call it broader, um, topics. Still airlines related, still aviation related, still about innovations and technology, but um, on a, let's call it higher level. And we, we do hope it still will provide lots of value to you. And I would be so happy to receive your feedback on this, on this new concept. Um, once you've listened to, to one, two, three episodes, hit me up on Twitter or get in touch on, on, on social media. Let me know what you think, if it provides value to you, um, what you like and what you don't like. Um, that really means the world to me. But now let's get into the first podcast episode of this entirely new concept. Hey there, and welcome back to the ID1 Audio Experience. Hope you're doing super well, as always. Um, for today, or for today's episode, I would like to talk about a topic um, I don't like that much, I have to say, but I still do believe that it is um, worth talking about because it's a, a very relevant topic. Um, so for today, I would like to have a quick chat on banning short-haul flights. Um, at least in Europe, this is a topic. And I would like to give you my, my five cents on, on about that topic. Um, so I think with, with the, the recovery of, of the aviation industry, which is currently at least slowly, step-by-step step, um, processing, the, the discussion about um, short-haul, potential short-haul flight bans, um, especially in European countries, that, that really, that, that currently um, is heating up again. Um, and we'll talk about France, um, which became the first country who is, uh, which is, which is likely to ban short-haul flights, but We'll also talk about Spain, we'll talk about Germany, what is going on with regard to short-haul bans there, and have a look on the European Union and um, overall what is um, the European Union's standpoint with regard to that, to that topic. So, but let's, let's start in France because I really think that France somehow opened the Pandora's box um, in, in that case. It was back in, I think, March or April 2019. So basically once the, the first um, wave of Corona, the first Corona wave hit um, the European continent, 
um, there was a or there was some some big news about um, France banning shuttle flights um, on routes where passengers can take the train and and this news literally um, shocked the the European aviation industry although um, the, the discussion about shuttle flight bans that, that, that wasn't new at all. Um, nonetheless, I think most of the people did not expect um, that those discussions, those ideas really turn, that somebody turned that into reality. Um, although the French bill has, has to pass, um, still has to pass the Senate um, and followed by a by a um, final vote in the in the lower house but there is actually no doubt that the ban will come sooner than um, many people um, expect I guess and moreover the flight ban is actually part and and that's why I think there there is um, this 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 ban definitely will come the, the this ban is part of the agreement between the French government and Air France about um, further financing to help the French flag carrier getting out or getting through um, the, the corona pandemic. So once the bill passed um, the institutions, it would be basically the end for regional flights, especially um, between Paris and cities like Nantes or um, Bordeaux, for example. That is what's going on in France. That is where, at least in Europe, this whole, as I said, whether the where um, Pandora's box was was opened. Um, however, France wasn't the first European country. I have to say. Um, sorry, but said that in, in the beginning. Um, by beginning of two thousand nineteen, or by by uh, sorry by, by by mid of twenty twenty getting confused now, um, Austrian Airlines, the flag carrier of Austria, stopped its um, Vienna-Salzburg um, route and replaced it with an additional um, train service. And this again was part of the um, agreement between the um, Austrian government and um, the airline with regard to um, support um, to get through the, the corona pandemic. This is already in place um, and the, 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 the French bill still has to pass the, the institution. So Austria is basically the first um, European country that put a flight ban into place. Now it seems like France and Austria were just the beginning of this this European movement, I have to call it that way, to make short-haul flights history. And I have an, an, another opinion on that. However, um, there was a survey um, by the European Investment Bank and it turned out that 62% of the respondents um, support an EU-wide ban of short-haul flights. And during the last week, the discussion now really, as I mentioned initially, really started to heat up in, in many other European countries. Um, first of all, Germany. Um, in, in, it was in 
this man's mate, 21, yeah, um, the co-leader of the Greens party, um, Miss Baerbock, and she's a, a strong candidate for um, the position of the German Chancellor, which is um, elected in, in September this year. And she brought the topic back to the to the political uh, political agenda in Germany. Uh, so in an, in an interview, Miss um, uh, Baerbock talked about measures to um, to create attractive alternatives to short haul flight, uh, to short haul flights, and she also talked about steps to make short haul flights unattractive. Um, so in Miss Baerbock's words. That does not only account, and this is the important aspect here, this does not only account for domestic, but also for short-haul leisure trips. Um, so Germany, very prominent route, definitely to the um, to, 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 to Mallorca, for example, to Ibiza. Those uh, routes were also included in, in her thoughts. Nevertheless, she did not use the word ban. Um, important to mention. Nevertheless, I think that the direction um, seems very clear. Um, so what, what she has in mind is adding taxes, is about reducing subventions um, on flights and simultaneously improving the rail offer. And at that point, I think it, it, it really makes sense to, to take a look at the facts and figures um, for you to, to make up your mind on that topic. Um, so Germany is producing roughly 800 million tons of CO2 annually. Now, all domestic flights account for um, 0.28% of the emissions. Now, that is about all domestic flights. Now, the, the, the ultra-short-haul flights, um, such as, for example, Frankfurt-Stuttgart, um, Cologne Frankfurt. I'm not sure if this this route still is operated. Has at least it has been has been operated by by Lufthansa in the past, um, or Berlin Hamburg, for example. They only account for a small small fraction of the zero dot two eight percent. So really, one one can ask if this discussion really makes sense to talk about such a small portion, such a small fraction of um, emissions that are produced um, annually. <clears throat> Anyways, um, I, but looking at the, the, the biggest German player, Lufthansa, um, they, they, they look very, very relaxed. Um, their, their CEO, Mr. Spohr, said in an in official statement um, after the, uh, the interview by Miss um, Baerbock that um, those, those Though it's really it's 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 uh, his words. Um, those of you who have been following the decision of this French government, if that same ruling would have been adapted to Germany, which means no domestic flight unless there are connecting passengers on board and unless it takes more than two and a half hours to replace that flights by train, it's actually only one domestic route in Germany um, that would have been stopped, um, which is Düsseldorf Stuttgart. That's it. Um, so that's why, at least based on the current discussion, um, Lufthansa stays very relaxed. But from my point of view, it really, 
you, you, you have to monitor that very, very closely because things can accelerate. Um, things can get traction and um, from one day to the other, more and more routes are included. Um, other European country, I think, um, besides Germany, it is Spain. Um, and, and Spain is, is, is likely actually to follow France. Um, they, um, in, in, it was also in mid-May when the Spanish government um, published a project um, with the goal to becoming, uh, becoming um, CO2 neutral. And besides many other measures, um, the, the project also proposes two very specific activities concerning the aviation sector. The introduction of frequent flyer taxes and taxes depending on the distance traveled. And especially the second activity, the taxes depending on the distance traveled, that is actually a, more or less, if you, if you read the text of this, this, um, this uh, project, it, it is more or less a copy-paste from the fresh, French initiative. Um, recommending banning flights on segments which could be done by train in less than 2.5 hours. Um, Nevertheless, and, and similar to France, only a few routes um, would vanish. Um, so there, there has been a, a um, analysis by a by a Spanish podcast, um, Aruilla podcast, and they talk about three um, routes: it's Madrid Valencia, Madrid Alicante, and um, Madrid Barcelona, um, which would be affected. However, especially the latter, Madrid Barcelona, is a very, very, very prestigious one. Um, Iberia, Welling, and Air, um, Europa operate flights on, on this route. Um, and on a monthly basis, 1,400 flights operate between Madrid and, and Barcelona. So we have to see what, how, how that turns out. Now, finally, looking at the, the European Union, um, they, they seem to back um, the flight ban plans. Um, just lately, um, one of the vice presidents of the European um, Union Commission, Mr. Timmermans, um, he, he strongly supports the idea of a European short-haul flight ban. And on top of that, and I, yeah, he, he brought, brought up even one, one, one more radical idea to the table. Um, he said um, that he supports taxing kerosene like other fuel and and this is the, the, the radical um, part that, in his opinion, nobody has to fly 10 or 12 times a year. So I, I wonder how somebody can judge um, on other people's um, flying behavior. However, this is what he said. Um, and this, this statement really sparked a, a very vivid discussion um, about whether politicians can or should decide how often people need to fly. Um, I, I do believe they should not decide, and it, it's not in their in their um, it's it's simply not up to them um, to decide how often people fly. This just just um, ridiculous such a statement. So nevertheless, although um, Mr. Timmerman did not mention the German or the Spanish um, plans. Um, I think it's very clear that the state, such a statement by by an by an EU representative, of course, is of highest relevance and shows how the EU is positioned um, with regard to that topic. Especially since there's this huge EU um, program to becoming um, carbon neutral. 
So it will be very interesting to see how the next month and years develop. I think this, this topic won't vanish. Um, I don't believe that it makes sense, but um, that is simply my opinion. And I'm happy to um, get your thoughts on that topic. As always, hit me up on Twitter, Ben underscore underscore ID1, or find me on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Shoot me a mail, um, whatever you prefer. I would love to get your opinion on the topic of flight ban. Um, let me know what you think and hope to welcome you again tomorrow with our last episode for this week. Um, till then, have a great time. Cheers and bye-bye. Hey guys, podcast is over. I do hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you want to do me a favor, um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm putting out um, quite a humongous amount of content on, on Instagram. Latest blog posts, um, a lot of pictures, stories, and, and fun stuff. Um, yep, just a huge, huge amount of content. It's, it's more or less becoming our central information hub where we announce everything. Um, so do me a favor, follow me on Instagram. Um, just search for Ben underscore underscore ID1. And yeah, you will find my profile and I'm, yeah, it would mean the world to me. See you on Instagram.